0: to Beauty Island, the award-nominated beauty podcast that celebrates life and lipstick. I'm your host, beauty journalist Brittany Stewart, and each episode I sit down with a guest and ask them about the eight beauty products that have a special memory or meaning for them, the ones they'd take to a desert island or beauty island that I am sending them off to. Maybe it's the first beauty product they ever bought, the one that gives them their signature look, or the perfume that instantly sparks a memory of a special place or person. Along the way, we find out more about their life, career, and the people and events that have shaped them into who they are today. Before I get into who my guest is today, although you probably know already from the title, I just wanted to do a quick check-in. Obviously, uh, at the time of recording, we are in a very pivotal and strange period at the moment with the coronavirus pandemic, and it's a scary time. There's a lot of uncertainty except for one thing. It has the potential to have a knock-on effect on everything that happens in everything that we do and that's outside of the obviously primary concern of people's health. In Australia we're lucky at the moment to be at a stage where we have some control or opportunity to affect what happens next. I've been toying with how to approach and talk about beauty in times like this both on the podcast and on my Instagram and and this is what I've come up with. I am aware, very aware of perspective, that beauty falls way, 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 way down the list of importance when your health, your family and friends and your livelihood is threatened. But I also know that in times like this, sometimes it can also be helpful to have moments and opportunities of escape, however briefly. So please know that Beauty Island will continue for the rest of the season, hopefully to entertain or give you a little breather from reality well, these interviews were done before what's currently happening, so you won't or well, unlikely to hear any mention of it on the in the episodes. Um, but that's not to say that it is not at the forefront of my mind as well. Please stay safe, informed, but not overloaded on information. If that is something that you know will have a negative effect on on your outlook, and look out for loved ones, friends, and if you can, strangers and those who are more vulnerable too. I'll be doing the same and thinking of everybody, and hopefully this will be a time and can be a time that inspires community and supporting each other, not division. On a lighter note, today my guest is Lisa DeSanctis, also known as Siwant Shop, an Australian travel, fashion and lifestyle influencer. What started as a hobby, a blog when she was living in London, has since turned into a full-time job for the former physio, with now almost 300,000 followers eager to see and hear her take on what to wear, what to do and where to shop. We talked about the struggle not to define your worth by your follower count when your business relies on it, positive body image on Instagram, the consequences of being reposted by Khloe Kardashian, and the affordable lip, eye and cheek multi-purpose product she loves for traveling. Thank you so much to everyone who listened last week and entered the competition. I will be getting in contact with the two winners very soon, so you'll be hearing from me if you've been successful and I also share on the beauty island instagram account i will uh, share the names of the people so you'll know when it's been announced as always if you enjoy this episode please subscribe rate five stars and write a review and if you're listening as always share a screenshot on your instagram story and tag me at beauty island podcast so i can see and if you are in need of a bit more beauty escape you can sign up to my beauty newsletter it's a beauty the link is in the show notes Or find me on Instagram at BrittanyBeautyBTS. Now over to Lisa. Enjoy. Lisa, welcome to Beauty Island.
1: Thank you. Thanks so much for having me.
0: I'm very excited to be sending you off to a desert island. But talking about beauty things first. Me too. So I suppose if we, we start at the start. Always makes sense. Can you remember your first beauty related memory?
1: I just remember in high school. And this was like the early 2000s. We were just out of the 90s. So I'm still going to call it very 90s vibes at the time. (laughs) I had this blue mascara and I just, I used to love wearing it. And you look back now and you think, what was I thinking? But at the time, I just remember thinking it made my eyes pop um, because I have blue eyes and thinking it was really cool and funky. And I used to wear blue tops to wear, with. I think I was just, kind of blue obsessed at the time but that's probably my first beauty memory that for me myself using a beauty product and truly loving it
0: and blue mascara has made a comeback over the last few years have you been daring enough to embrace it again or is I it tried
1: like a navy one and I was like yeah I was down with the navy yeah for sure but this was no this was like a, 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 a fairly electric <laughs> a fairly electric blues
0: and when you think about your relationship with beauty is it something that you really enjoy dabbling in? Is it something playful? Is it something expressive? Or is it very kind of serves a purpose? Well, where do you sit?
1: I enjoy beauty. Don't get me wrong. I love being able to, I think, enhance what you already have. I don't like to change too much. I don't like to not look like myself or not feel like myself. And I understand that there are lots of different ways to use beauty products and I know some people love to do 51 steps and, and do everything and that's great and I think those girls that do that, like I applaud them. They're so talented. I just, one, I do not have the patience for that too. I don't, also, I don't feel like I have the talent to do a lot of what these girls do. And so I, I just like to use beauty, like I said, to enhance what I already have and still feel like myself, but just, you know, feel a little bit more confident. I don't generally go outside of the box too often. I know what I like and I tend to just stick with that. What I don't express largely in beauty I then I you know fashion is is yes so and
0: obviously your blog and your social media profile now revolves around all things lifestyle so that encompasses fashion beauty travel food Mm -hmm. are they when you were growing up were they always kind of passions that have followed you through did you what did you envision that your career would end up Oh, oh my goodness
1: I never I never thought I would be an influencer a influencer was not even a term it didn't exist. no it wasn't an absolutely option. I'm actually a trained and qualified women's health physiotherapist so I um I went down the the real sciencey mathematician um nerd avenue um when I finished high school which I still love like I'm always going to be that person then I um just fell into it as was I think the case with most bloggers that started when I did no one I know that started at the time that I started ever envisaged that this was where we'd be you know nine years later so it's it's crazy how it's developed and and become what it is today but I honestly I've all like like you said I've always loved those things for sure I've, I've always loved fashion and I've um, I've always loved travel and I felt when I was working as a physio that I probably wasn't giving that side of my life much attention and I had a friend that had a blog, uh, a fashion blog, and she encouraged me to start one as well. She she basically said that, you know, we could dress up together, take photos of each other, go to events together and um, just have fun and it just at the time I was, like I said, I was working full-time as a physio and I was like, this, yeah, this sounds great. Like, I, I still love that side of myself, but I don't get to do it at work. So here's a, he's a hobby. And that's all I treated it as for a very long time, was just a hobby. And then somewhere along the line, blogging and Instagram and social media kind of exploded. And all of a sudden, people were interested in what I was wearing and what I was doing. And it must have been probably, yeah, four or five years ago now that I realized That I don't think I ever realised it was going to be my career, but I definitely thought, oh, this could definitely be a great side hustle. And now blogging is my full time gig, and I've still kept up my physio registration and and skills and do it casually, which is the beauty of that job. You can just do it casually. Yeah, I still feel very lucky. And everyone says it's not luck. I'm like, I I still feel like a lot of it came down for me. I'm always like, I'm so lucky to be where I am. I understand there's obviously hard work and everything, but I definitely feel very blessed that um, I probably got in at a really good time when the market wasn't saturated. And so I was able to build this really loyal audience and I I feel very lucky to to have them and to be where I am because I wouldn't be able to do what I do now. So, yeah, it's great.
0: The second product on your list after that blue mascara (laughs) is Kind of your memory around what you would see your sister do growing up. Yes. Is, so tell me yes. What it is so um,
1: I'm the youngest of, of, of three children and my sister's seven years older than me. So being quite a big age gap, she was always doing the cooler, more grown up things a lot sooner than I was. So I definitely remember watching her crimping her hair. I must have been, she would have been in high school. So I must have been yeah, middle of primary school towards the end of primary school, maybe. I remember she had this crimper and I used to ask her to crimp my hair and I look back now and I just must have been such an annoying little sister because I remember she used to have her friends over all the time and all I wanted to do was hang out with them and she would never let me because (laughs) I was the annoying little sister who was still in primary school and she was hanging with her cool teenage friends. I used to hide under the bed and listen to them talking and I never seemed to be able to work it properly and my crimps never looked as good as her crimps and she always had better hair than me and you know how you always think that when you're little but now I look back and I look at family photos and she's the one with the crazy crimped hair (laughs) in our our professional family photos that we got done and I just have just a really nice normal straight like a little bob and I'm like actually you know what I look kind of chic and she looks (laughs) kind of weird so it was kind of a blessing
0: Services you mentioned, you started. I know w- you've actually just undergone a, an Instagram handle change. I have. Deal, I have. You obviously, started a C one shop yes. in two thousand and twelve. I yes. think it was. Yes. And you touched on how the how different the landscape in the industry was at that point. Mm. And when we look at you now, as an as people outside of what you do, obviously, and, and, and you you are very successful. But Thank you. when we look at that two thousand and twelve to 2020, thousand nine twenty, we're well not even yes, two thousand nineteen no, now That is eight years that you've been doing this. Mm. And I, I often talk about the concept of overnight the overnight success that, you know, takes years and years mm. to get to. So maybe you could tell us a bit more about the, the journey that it took to get there. You mentioned juggling it as a hobby when you were mm. working full time. I imagine that was a lot of getting up early and late nights trying to for sure do content and things like that. So Kind of take us behind the curtain of what it actually takes to get there.
1: Like I said earlier, I had a friend that encouraged me to do it. But before that, I had moved to London on a working holiday. And I found that's when I discovered social media. I opened up the uh, Instagram and Twitter basically because I just wanted to connect with people back home. And I was kind of done a bit with Facebook at the time. Everyone posted all their travels and everything on Facebook. And then I discovered Instagram and had these awesome filters. I'm like, this is so much more fun to put cool filters on my photos and share it than it is to go on Facebook and share a whole album that probably no one ever flicks through. And then because I was living in London, like I have to admit in Europe, blogging was semi established there. So I started following all these great bloggers and being in absolute awe of what they did and they are so cool and I could never be that cool and they photograph so well and like like I said, when I moved back home, I my friend encouraged me to start one, and I was like, "Yeah, I will. I will give it a go because it looks like heaps of fun." And all these girls that I follow in Europe, in London, and it was really big in Sweden. I remember I followed a heap of Swedish bloggers. I was working full time, so it was weekends for me and nights. So and at, at the start, it was definitely a hobby. So I wasn't. Concentrating on getting content up regularly or all the time, and it definitely just grew super organically for me. And I definitely think it helped. Like I said, I had a friend in the industry, so I used to go to events with her, and so that's how I met a lot of the agencies and the brands and everything. So that definitely helped having someone introduce you to these brands and these people and these agencies. I think that's certainly certainly helped me to become yeah more of a success because I had an in basically and then I decided to go part-time with my physio and I remember that being a really big step but I was like I'm just gonna give it a go I can always go back to full-time physio that's not the end of the world so I cut my hours and then my blogging just got busier and busier so then I cut my hours again so I think I went from four days and then I went to three and a half and then I went to two and then I went to two half days and then I was That was a really good balance for ages, but then what really made me take the leap to do it completely full-time was the travel side of things. I was running out of annual leave, basically, and it got to the point where I I had no more annual leave and I had all these incredible travel opportunities. So um, it did take – it wasn't – certainly for me, it definitely wasn't overnight. Like, it was definitely a gradual step. I didn't go – I didn't quit my job you know, um, cold turkey. On a Monday, yeah. Yeah, no, I just, I slowly decreased my hours and and just went into it very subtly. But then I I got an agent. I think that's where it really ramped up. So I think once I got an agent, that's certainly when it became more of a brand and I definitely took it more seriously and I, I definitely concentrated on having goals and I really started to push myself and started to take it a lot more seriously.
0: It's like starting any business as well. When it is you and your business, you suddenly become responsible for everything. Having that management kind of takes all the. Oh, for sure. And I was so bad
1: at the admin side of things and the invoicing side of things. Like, I was hopeless at that. I definitely am the first to say it's not my strong point. So I was really glad to um, offload all of that side of things.
0: product on your list is the perfume or fragrance that has Mm. a special memory for you and for you it is Estee Lauder knowing. Mm -hmm. Tell me why this is special for you.
1: This is the perfume that my mother wears and has been wearing for as long as I can remember. I personally don't really have my own scent or a scent that I wear all the time so when I was trying to think of a perfume that meant something to me that's immediately what I thought of. It uh, reminds me of mum which always makes me happy and makes me think of her and yeah it's a very familiar and comforting scent to me.
0: Uh, you said that you don't have a particular scent that you wear every day is that mm-hmm. because you are you're not a perfume person or you're constantly trying different ones? I just have yeah I con-
1: I just kind of constantly try different ones. Um, I have favourites for sure like the Chloe I think it's called Nomad it's in the shape of like a horse saddle like I love that um I've got a whole set of little rag and bone like mini ones, which are beautiful. They're really almost cologne which I really like. And then I have have Amani Mania, which I've had ever since I was a teenager. But then I, like I said, I, I mean, I just try so many different ones and I have to say I'm very blessed being in the industry I am. I do get sent lots of different ones. So I have a great collection and I just kind of work my way around them and try them all. And um, I definitely love wearing perfume, but I don't stick to one scent.
0: I think it's funny as well, particularly given that you do so much with fashion as well, you wouldn't expect to wear the same outfit every day. Correct. Exactly. There's the freedom to kind of choose your perfume as an accessory as well. For sure. For sure. You have almost 300,000 followers on Instagram, Mm -hmm. which is I mean a very hefty number
1: thank you um,
0: And when it is your your job obviously brands are looking at how many people you reach and things like that. When it is such an important figure for business, how do you not how do you ensure that that number doesn't define your worth outside?
1: I know it's a tricky one, isn't it? I have to admit I probably just as much as the next girl on Instagram that has a following often falls into that pattern of comparison why does that person have that following or why does that person have that engagement or why does that person got that job and and it's hard not to and I constantly try, trying to tell myself that yeah it's you can't you just can't compare yourself to other people in this industry because you're just constantly going to be down on yourself or hard on yourself and it's very easy to get caught in comparisons and it's very easy to forget about all the successes that you have had so I'm constantly trying to remind myself well you know this is what you are doing and this is this is these are the people that are engaging with you and worrying about the followers I have rather than the followers I haven't and that was a really great piece of advice that someone told me I think it must have been at a like a conference that I went to um about you know social media and engagement and that was like I said, to worry about the followers that you do have and not stress about the ones you don't. Because realistically, that's something that you can't effectively change, especially now with the algorithm. When I started with Instagram, it was very, very different and gaining followers was so easy. And it's, and it's very easy to fall into the trap of thinking about oh, how easy it used to be. But you've got to remember that it's a completely different playing field these days. The market's completely saturated um, and people are a lot more I don't know if the word stingy is correct. With their follows. They don't just get hit follow punches, correctly. Yeah. Correct. Don't just follow anyone anymore. So you really have to earn that follow. And once you've earned it, you have to keep them there. So that's what I try and focus on. And I think brands get that now. They they're in the same spot. They all they have Instagram as well. So they know that engagement is down, that followers are harder to get compared to what it used to be. They understand that there's an algorithm there. So I just got I just constantly remind myself that everyone's in the same boat. Like it's not just me that's worrying about numbers. It's the next girl's worrying about numbers the next influencer. So I, I always just tell myself um, not to worry about what anyone else is doing. C- try and stay in my own lane and concentrate on what I'm doing. But at the same time, like I, I won't lie, there are times that, you know, you do a job for a brand, you put so much effort into it and then you post the content and it doesn't do that well and it, it it's like a stab in the guts and you you do get sad and a bit upset at yourself and... But, you know even though you've done everything in your power to to do the job so well so I am very lucky that I, I have a husband who's not in the industry at all and oh, I don't know if I should say I'm really lucky I personally am happy about it because he just reminds me that that's that's Instagram or that's blogging and then this is real life and to have someone that grounds me um and reminds me what's real and what matters and that, like you said, that doesn't define my worth. Friends and my family and who I um, stand for as a person, that's what defines me. And having people around me that constantly remind me of that, my best friends, none of them are in the industry either. So that for me makes such a difference because I never really ever get caught up in the bubble because not my whole life is lived in that bubble. And if you do follow me on Instagram, you'll notice that I don't post a lot of personal stuff. Um, and that is, again, to kind of keep that kind of self-worth and that to myself. Um, and I do like to keep my private side of my life to myself. That That's still for me. And I think that's, for me, that's really important. I need that. I need to have something for myself so that I don't feel like I've got nothing left, you know, in the tank. So I think everyone's different when it comes to influencing and blogging and social media. But for me, that's what seems to work.
0: And that's such such good advice, whether you have a 100 followers or a 100,000 followers, sure. it's so important because we all kind of feel the same way, or can feel the same way when we're on social media. The fourth product on your list is your Holy Grail or Best Discovery, which is the Mecca Illuminating Duo. Yes. Tell me what it is about the product that you love so much?
1: Well, it started off, Mecca released just the the Illuminating Balm maybe two or three years ago and I got a few pots of it and it's just the one product that I will always throw in my bag that I will always throw whenever I'm travelling in my cosmetics bag. So I tend to travel not with heaps of cosmetics because they just weigh too much basically and take up too much room so it's kind of like the staple that I know I'll always take with me because this great little tub it's not too big but I use it as like a highlighter but also as like a blush and then also as an eyeshadow. so you can just add that little bit of a glow and you don't even need to be wearing much else under it but it just adds this like amazing illumination and you can get a few different colours, which is good. But what I love is that Mecca have now introduced the Duo. So they've taken the, what was already a great product and made it so much better <laughs> because now this little tub, the tub has two ends. So it's got the original like glowy illuminating end, but now they've added like a a tinted end. So you can get use it uh, as a cheek tint and also as a lip tint. So you basically you get lips, eyes, cheeks, all in this great little tub and like I said it's just kind of my go-to.
0: Talk to me a bit about everyday makeup on a on a normal average day maybe when you're not going you know mm-hmm. you haven't got an event. Mm-hmm. Are you putting a full face on? Or? Absolutely
1: not. Yeah. <laughs> if you know me you would know that, that I'm very low-key with every, I t- to be honest probably wear only sunscreen most days. If I'm going out and I Feel like I need a little bit of extra glow? I have this magic moisturizer that I use. It's by Origins. It's called Vitazing, and it's this magic. It's it's called a moisturizer, but it's more than a moisturizer. But it's not quite a BB cream. It's somewhere in between. And you put it on, and it just gives you even tone, even coverage, and just an all over glow. Like I said, most days I probably just wear sunscreen, um, and like a little tinted sunscreen is great. But um, if I'm going, you know, down the shops. Or if I want something a little bit extra, I'll just pop that on. And I'm telling you now, like, I have gotten so many people onto this product. <laughs> including I should your be getting husband, some sort of commission. Right? Yes, including my husband. He will kill me for saying that. <laughs> and some of his friends as well. There you go. Yes, it, he loves it too.
0: What do you think the biggest misconception about what you do is?
1: Oh, that I don't work. Is probably fun all the time, yeah. And that's, I understand that because when you see my stories and my posts, that's what it looks like. And so that's completely acceptable judgment. And I don't blame anyone for making that judgment, that's what it looks like. But there is a lot of hard work that goes in behind the scenes. And I think people forget that we are answering to briefs and agreements and, you know, content requirements and deadlines. So it's not just take a pretty photo and post it. It's organise the shoot, style the shoot, you know, come up with the creative concept of the shoot, shoot it. Is that, and that's not so easy. Like actually getting the content can be super tricky sometimes. And then editing the content, choosing the content, sending content to the client, getting approval, all those sorts of things. So, yeah, we do work. And what has been the
0: biggest kind of pinch me moment, whether that's someone... Uh, reaching out to you, a brand you've worked with or just something that happened to you that you really thought like, kind of had to read it again just to check that it was really Yeah,
1: right. Well, I've had a few kind of great, I suppose, regrams, you could say. I remember the first time ASOS regrammed one of my photos. I had only had Instagram for, I don't know, not even a year, I don't think. And I think I was maybe at 10,000 followers and I remember they put up a photo of me that I had tagged them in and I think my following nearly doubled. Brands didn't have online stores then. So it, they were huge. They were your go-to if you had to buy anything online. And I remember that just being like a kind of a pinch me moment. And I also had um, one of the Kardashians, Chloe Kardashian, repost a photo of mine once. Just casually. Yeah. The it, I, um, so they used to have a brand in Australia called Kardashian Collection which I used to work with a lot. They were heels, um, shoes mainly. And I had posted a photo in the heels and she reposted it and basically said, oh, how cute does – and she tagged me as well. Again, my following just went bananas. And I just – got I, not only that, I had people calling me and texting me to, to say just, that they'd seen you. Yeah, to say that they'd seen me. And um, I remember I was just getting on a flight. It was like the worst timing I had to put my phone on aeroplane mode <laughs> and it was just going nuts. But I remember those were a couple of times that I was just like, wow.
0: You touch, you've you already spoken about the product that gives you kind of the confidence boost, which is the yeah. Origins Vitazine yeah. Moisturiser. The stick product on your list, we're going to bounce back a little bit, which I think is kind of one that um, played a big part in your, your teens and early 20s, which is the GHD mm. hair straightener. Yes.
1: So I remember before having a GHD I couldn't afford one and I had this cheap nasty one that used my hair used to get caught in it. I would have been like 15, 16 and I remember when I got my first job when I was 15 and then I saved up enough money and I was able to afford the $300 GHD which was so much money for me at the time. It was Like, honestly, one of the happiest days. (laughs) I just remember buying it and being so excited and excited to tell everyone at school that I had bought it. It was all about dead straight hair then. It was no no curls, nothing. And it was all about just getting that crisp straightness. And before that, before I had my dodgy hair straightener, I used to iron my hair. Oh, wow. Yeah. So my mum used to iron it for me. Without
0: incident, did it all go to? Prison?
1: Yeah, I never had an incident. Yeah, so this was yeah. This is what you used to have to do before hair straighteners.
0: We can't not talk about weddings, given that you recently mm. got married. So yes. firstly, congratulations! Thank you. You also had the best wedding hashtag. So you wanted. You yes. Made me laugh so much. <laughs> How long have you and your partner been t- husband been together?
1: Ten years. Like now actually. It was January 2010 when we met.
0: And how did you meet?
1: Through mutual friends actually. I had a girlfriend that was going out with one of his mates and we met at a bar but through mutual friends and then I guess they say the rest is history.
0: So he's really been with you this whole...
1: Oh, yeah. Well, before I started, yeah, a blog and Instagram and any of that, I had just finished uni and was just starting my first full time job as a physio when we met. So, yeah, he's he's known me since before. And I also I think that's really for me, I feel really happy and lucky to have found someone before all this craziness, because I think it must be super tough to to find someone that's super genuine for for who you are and not your numbers or anything like that. He has been, I remember when I first start, first wanted to start and I was really afraid of what people would think of me because blogging wasn't what you did or what anyone did back then. And I felt like people would judge me for going out to the street and taking photos and think maybe saying, oh, she thinks she's really great. She thinks she's really pretty. She thinks she's um, really fashionable. She's posting these photos of herself. And I remember him saying to me, You know, I'm going to support you and everyone that knows you will support you. So don't worry about the haters and don't worry about the rest.
0: (laughs) Speaking of kind of being true to yourself, I feel like weddings are one of those things where, I mean, it's a huge thing to begin with, planning a wedding. Yes. Is it a process you enjoy? I loved it. Loved loved
1: every second. Loved it. I wish I could have had like a (laughs) five-year engagement because it was so much fun. I loved the Pinterest boarding. I loved choosing like color themes I loved it all I won't lie I had a wedding planner um, and she was amazing so I definitely found that helped I wasn't really stressed at all because I knew that she was just on it and she was a gun but I definitely enjoyed like all the trying on the wedding dresses and just the whole process I just everyone just really supports you and gets around you when you're engaged and it was just such a lovely time of my life I remember just feeling so special everyone was so excited for me and it was just such a nice feeling and I knew the kind of wedding that I wanted I didn't want it to be stressful high maintenance I just wanted everyone to come and have fun and just enjoy themselves um, And I'm hoping that's what we delivered. That's the feedback we got. Everyone seemed to have a lot of fun. But I was – I just didn't want to – I was like, I'm not going to be – or let stress kind of take over this really important time in my life. Um, I'm not really a stressed person anyway. But I think I just, like, made decisions and uh, I just kind of stuck to them. I didn't try and second-guess myself. Because you you could constantly compare yourself to every other Pinterest board and, and wedding inspo in the world. And, I mean – some half of it's unrealistic anyway. So I just made decisions and I definitely think it helped being in the industry that I am for sure that I, I do go to lots of events and I am exposed to um, like creative styling and photography and hair and makeup a lot. So I, I knew what I wanted really from the start. If you're planning a wedding, it's important to just look at the big picture and at the end of the day, you're marrying, you know, the love of your life and it should be the best day of your life. So little things don't matter. And for me, they didn't. And I just let a lot of all of that slide. It didn't bother me. And if you are going to be someone that gets stressed about that, I would highly recommend getting a planner because.
0: Ease the burden a little bit. For
1: sure. For sure.
0: And I love that particularly over the last few years, there's definitely been a shift into obviously weddings. It's kind of steeped in tradition, but people just say, it's my day. You're yeah. not going to pay attention to what people expect or what's been done. I mm-hmm. want to do it, like you said, to kind of really represent you. And I loved, obviously you shared a few pictures on your Instagram account. Yes. Your your dress with those beautiful sleeves. It was the most Thank beautiful dress. Thank you. Thank dress. you. And you've touched on your wedding hair and makeup as well. And what I loved is when looking through your pictures as well. And I've spoken to Michael Brown, who's a celebrity makeup artist yes. in the last season, who used to do a lot of weddings. And he says the one thing that kind of, People think that they have to look like someone else on their wedding day. Don't. I loved that. You just look like like a better version
1: of yourself. Exactly. I knew I don't wear my – I do wear my hair up. I go to the gym and I – but I don't like myself with my hair up. I prefer – so I knew I'm going to have my hair down and in a wave because that's what I – I feel like that's what I look best in. And I knew that my makeup – I didn't want eyeliner or or a dark smoky eye because I don't – again, that's just not me. I wanted something super fresh and natural. So I think it's really important to, yeah, don't change too much. Just know what you like or or concentrate on what you like and just do a better version of that. With the dress, that's just, you just got to try and try every style, even the ones you don't think you'll like, because I thought I would go with the big princess. I thought I'd have something tight at the top, like a long sleeve, and then, you know, a big you know maybe not huge princess bottom mature bottom but something with a bit of something that would go out because i was like oh no right you know i don't want something tight over my tummy and my my bottom and that won't be flattering but then you just try on lots of different styles and as i was trying them on i was like wow actually i think i do like the more silhouetted version and then you know obviously I ended up wearing something that was quite fitted so i would say just go into dress fitting with open mind and try everything
0: Let's talk about influence for a second because yep. obviously you've described yourself as what you do as an influencer in different across the lifestyle space and I know that a lot of feedback or you said that a lot of feedback you get and I certainly agree with it is how it's kind of the buzzword of the moment but really how authentic and relatable and real mm. that you come across mm-hmm. in what can be quite a not performative but a very glossy, a yes. glossy thing on social yes, media. Yes, for sure. And I know that you are very open about kind of body image and things like mm-hmm. that. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm kind of referring to one post that you you shared when you were away with Chopo doing a swimwear shoot. And you, I loved that you were kind of really open and honest and talking about how you actually... It was, it was something that's incredible for your career, but you were a little bit nervous uh-huh. about sharing. Coming back to that idea of comparison, we're constantly comparing ourselves yeah. to other people. And so I love that kind of the influence has gone both ways because... You said that by people saying how much they appreciate you being real, how much it helps them, but also helps you as well.
1: Absolutely. When I started Instagram and blogging, I made sure every photo was like so perfect and edited, never unflattering. If it wasn't flattering, I'd fix it. Like it was, It was crazy how much I guess I was influenced by who I followed and there just wasn't any... I didn't, or I didn't think there was there was anyone that wasn't – that didn't look like a model to me that I was following on Instagram. And then it has been this shift and I've found now that I don't care about sharing that unflattering stuff anymore. Like I actually enjoy it and I don't worry so much about posting – like I never used to post swimwear ever, like ever. And now I I love posting swimwear because I get so many girls saying – how, how much I'm helping them choose swimwear because they can never find any that suit their body shape. And I guess being a size 10 influencer, obviously, there's so many influencers out there that, uh, yeah, more, I suppose, model size. And I feel like I'm kind of flying the flag and it's has brought me this new confidence. Um, and it's been great. Like, even though, like, like you said, that my followers are saying that. Um, I'm helping them, they're definitely helping me. Um, and I'm just so much more open about being real and sharing those in between moments or the bloopers or, you know, the double chin you know, funny photos that so you, you do have, but you just never show. And I, f- I feel like Instagram there just got so unrelatable and unattainable. And I, I definitely was adding to that. Like I was making all of my posts and everything so beautiful and amazing and I realised that there was this gap and I wasn't really being myself because I am just an everyday normal girl that doesn't take herself too seriously Um, and I'm not a perfectionist. I'm like not at all. So I really had to drive that home and realise that I needed to represent who I was a little bit more and a little bit better on my pages and I feel like I've done that but at the same time I still wanted to keep with my brand of having beautiful imagery so I feel like now I've found that in between I still create lovely content but it's still it's real and relatable and I put in those funny moments when I have them.
0: And I think that's really where influencers have been really great to kind of as media and brands are kind of slowly catching up in the representation of, mm-hmm. you know, the average Australian is a size fourteen. Mm-hmm. That's not what we see not what we used to see or, or largely see. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's been so They're brilliant. getting there. Getting some there. are better some are
1: better than others, but yeah. um, they're getting there. And I'll keep I'll keep pushing for it, don't worry. Excellent
0: The seventh product on your list is the one that you always repurchase. Dr. Pericone?
1: Yep, Dr. Pericone. Pericone, no yep.
0: foundation foundation. Yes. Tell so, me about
1: that. this, I love pretty much all of Dr. Pericone's um, beauty products. But what I love, again, I know I've, I've kind of said this a few times already, that it's it's making what you've already got better. It's not changing too much. So, their no foundation foundation is basically what it sounds like. It's a very, very light foundation that doesn't change your skin from looking like skin. I don't like it when my skin doesn't look like my skin. I don't like it when you can't see my freckles because I feel like that's me and that's who I am. So really thick, heavy foundations. I know obviously some people love that, but for me, I still wanted my face to look like my face. And this somehow gives me coverage. I know it's magic, (laughs) but you can still see that my skin is skin. And sometimes I'll, I'll mix it in with my, with my um, Origins Moisturiser and I can get that in between if I don't quite want the, the full foundation. But it's it's a great product and you I feel like it lasts a really long time as well. I, I, it takes me ages to get through a bottle.
0: Obviously, a big or, or first love for you is travel, which you mm-hmm. get to do a lot of and yes. have, have done a lot of. I'm lucky. I imagine that by now you would be a pro at packing.
1: Yeah, I like to think I. <laughs> <Yep.
0: laughs> what is kind of your best tip or mm-hmm. lesson that you've learned when it comes to either packing practical stuff, clothes, or beauty, wherever okay. it sits?
1: I've got a few packing tips. Um, one thing is hats. I always pack my hats first. I stuff the head with either activewear or swimwear, something that doesn't really crease, and then I pop it flat on the bottom of my suitcase. And then I pack everything else really tightly around it, so then the hat doesn't bend or lose its shape or so anything. So is the rim
0: of the hat sitting?
1: Yeah, the rim of the hat of is sitting base. on the flat on the bottom yeah. of the yeah. And then you just put your shoes and everything, and just make sure it's, everything's really tight around it. So then once you're fully packed, it, the hat won't move. So that's that's how I always pack my hats, and I always get people asking me about that. <laughs> it's funny. And then with um, like cosmetics and skincare, I always try and pack travel versions. I try not to bring my full, you know, face wash. I'll try and bring like a little travel or a sample size. So I always keep samples and things from when I go to events or or shows or whatever it may be or in magazines. Um, Or, you know, a lot of places now sell the travel size things. So you can go to um, pharmacies or or Mecca Sephora and they've got like a whole travel section and it's got mini size of everything. Um, And that's what I like to travel with because I find – Otherwise, makeup and skincare can just be so heavy um, and take up so much room. So um, that's kind of like my tips for um, travelling with those kinds of um, products is is try and travel with the travel-sized versions of them if you can. And then I very rarely travel with shampoo and conditioner. I know a lot of people are probably have their favourites, but I just suck it up and use the hotel <laughs> – Shampoo and conditioner and I'll, I said, oh, I'll just deal with it for however long I'm away. And when I get home, I can go back to my usual. But I just feel like it's something that I don't really need to take and that I can survive with for however long I'm going because there will be some there. Might not be like the best quality, but it'll, it'll do. do the job. And as I always say, like I think my um, people forget that what you generally – I mean obviously you might be going somewhere super remote but generally where you're going there will be somewhere where you can always purchase something if you need so if you do forget you know a lip balm or I don't know something just you can just go and buy it. it's not the end of the world you know if you don't pack everything I always think it's better to pack less when it comes to makeup and and skincare and then if you decide you're over there and you're like oh actually you know I do really kind of need that extra moisturiser that I thought I wouldn't use or need you can just go buy
0: are you as refined when you're packing your clothes for holiday particularly given that you're obviously taking photos as yes, well? yes yes so
1: I always try and pack clothes I try not to pack things that are too old I try and pack things that are either current or coming out because people are always wanting to know where or what my um, outfit is from so obviously if I wear something that's super old then uh, it's harder for the for people to, to get yeah. access to it so i i always try to that's how I kind of that's generally what i use as a process of elimination up i'm like oh i want to take that I'm like oh no if i just get asked about that i'll be able to say, oh that's five years old from h&m sorry that doesn't really help anyone so i do try and pack things that people can get all these similar to what people can get and that kind of helps with the process of elimination but i do have to admit i am an overpacker I never used to be. I blame blocking and influencing for being an overpacker <laughs> because I never used to care about, you know, having to have different outfits for photos or getting content or any of that before. But now I uh, I do think about having things to wear for the photos. And I know Guilty. I
0: certainly subscribe to, I know Zoe Foster Blake talks like, talks about it a lot holiday dressing like really dressing
1: on theme for vacation. oh yeah for sure I'm big on that yeah oh I love I love to be in theme I love to have like matching outfit like I love like a a set a coordinate set a skirt and a a matching top and I always think about where I'm going and what does the hotel look like or you know what what is the city where what will look good in that city and yes I'm big on that I never to stress too much about footwear I'm just I always just have a good pair of like um white sneakers travel and I feel like they go with everything. Like cons or supergas or something. They go with everything.
0: We've come to the final product on your list, which is the product that you trust with your life, which for you is the mecatinted sunscreen. Tell me about that. I
1: guess along with most people in Australia, I'm probably guilty of um, a bit too much sun exposure. And so I think any a product that I'll trust with my life is, yes, it's very um, appropriate that it's sunscreen. I uh, When I got my moles checked, last week and uh am all okay and all in the clear but I've definitely become much more aware of sun protection and wearing sunscreen and I'm pretty good now at wearing it nearly every day. It tends to just sit, I tend to sit it next to my basin in my bathroom and it tends to be the first thing I put on every morning and the the Mecca one, the tinted one, just got a really nice light tint so if you don't want to wear anything else, Great, move on, um, and it's really great quality. And as is everything from Mecca, it smells and looks great. So I do trust it with my life, mm. literally. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and this is their to save face super screen. Correct.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. In the, it comes in the black tube, and it's got a little tint in it. They also have to save face. They have like a, a white one if you don't want the tint as well. They're both great. But I think in Australia we do really start need to paying more attention to sun protection and sun care. I went to a solarium when I was in my teenage years. And and apparently also the skin doctor tells me that now forever my my risk of, of getting skin cancer or melanomas is greater forever. It doesn't change depending on how long ago I went to the solarium. it's really? yeah, so so I'm quite conscious of that now and I'm aware that I've, yeah probably forever I mean I did only went a handful of times, so I'm sure you know, not uh, too susceptible, fingers crossed. but I am more aware of it definitely. and I think there is a bit more awareness out there now so but i definitely encourage everyone to to make it a habit and not just think about doing it only in summer but to try and think about doing it every day
0: absolutely and some great resources obviously mecca has teamed up with cool time or melanoma for their generation spf campaign which is great yes cool time or melanoma is probably one of my favorite favorite accounts or most useful accounts i've followed in the last year just for Mm I mean, the stats around skin cancer and melanoma. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy.
1: Things, I know SunSense have just teamed up with the Melanoma Institute of Australia yeah. as well. So I th- yeah, I think it's getting out there. The message is getting there, but um, I guess the more we can do to spread awareness of it, the better. Yeah,
0: and Shameless Podcast also doing an Pledge movement about sunscreen. So there's no excuse yeah. not to be wearing sunscreen every day. So, yes, an excellent trust with your life products there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) Who is someone that has really shaped you, either personally or professionally, as you look back?
1: I would say my girlfriend, Tessa, who encouraged me to start my blog in the first place, definitely um, helped shape me and get me to where I am today because I don't know if I would have started it if I hadn't known that I had her there helping me to take photos, inviting me to events, those sorts of things. So she, she definitely had a great influence. My husband, absolutely. As I said earlier, he, he certainly encouraged me to go for it and not, not worry about the haters and not worry about any, what anyone was thinking. So I'm very grateful that um, I've had him for the whole journey and that um, he, was, he was there to kick me up the butt and get me started when I was unsure about what I was doing. Um, I'd say my management team as well. I've been with them for ooh, maybe five years now, a while. They've certainly helped me channel it into a career and a brand and something, you know, that I've worked really hard to create and they've been awesome at, at helping sculpt that. And so they're probably the people that I'm most thankful for helping to get me to where I am today.
0: You've talked me through the eight products that have a special memory or meaning for you. Yep. And now you have to pick just one to take with you. A disclaimer that I will give you sunscreen. That doesn't have to count as your product. But if you were to take just one, and it can be practical, but it doesn't have to be, it can just be the one that you would like to keep you company on Beauty Island, mm-hmm. which one would you pick?
1: I would pick the Origins, the, su- the moisturiser, yep. Yeah.
0: You're gonna have great skin on this. Yeah, sure. I will.
1: I'll just have nice and it has SPF in it too, so that does help. Excellent, Lisa. Thank you so much for
0: talking. Thank to you, it you for having it's me. Been so much fun.
1: It has been fun. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, so Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening
0: to this episode of Beauty Island with the lovely Lisa. You can find where to follow her, plus all the products she spoke about in today's episode in the show notes. And again, just a reiteration that this interview and the rest for the season were filmed before the current situation we find ourselves in with coronavirus, so that is why it is not referenced at all. If you, again, are looking for a bit of an escape from the chaos that reality is currently presenting and you fancy chatting more beauty, you can find me on Instagram at Beauty Island Podcast or my personal beauty account at BrittanyBeautyBTS, where I regularly share products I'm loving and talk about all aspects of beauty culture. Or you can sign up to my regular beauty newsletter, It's a Beauty, for thoughts and recommendations straight to your inbox. The link for all of those are in the show notes. Thank you so much for your support as always, and until next time, bye bye.